Airport, 1975. All the flight crew is dead. Please help us. A crippled jumbo jet reeling through the sky. Odds, a million to one. The only way is to put a pilot into 409. An all-new motion picture event inspired by the novel Airport by Arthur Haley. Airport, 1975. Rated PG. Welcome again to another episode of Adam's Corner. I'm your host, Adam Long. And on this episode, we're going to be speaking with the the multi-talented actress Christopher Norris, who appeared in so many of the more memorable films from the 70s and TV series from the 80s. Uh, we remember her from such things as The Summer of 42, of course, where she played yeah. Miriam. And she, of course, also appeared in such television films as The Hatfields and the McCoys. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then you were on the uh, Paul Lynn Show, The Great American Beauty Contest, Police Story. Oh, my. Uh, and, and that was all before Trapper John. All wow. before Trapper John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're working our way to that. Yeah, Eat My Dust with Ron Howard, his first right. feature, uh, one of his right. first feature films after American Graffiti, while he was on Happy Days, and uh, made it forty thousand yeah, well, feet. Yeah, um, If I can interject, one sure. Five. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have to say, um, now. Uh, he made a deal with the producer of uh, what was the name of the movie? It was a go fast movie. Um, oh, gee, what was the name of the producer? He produced Roger Corman, maybe? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Sure. And he produced all of these, you know, kind of silly slap together movies, right? Sure. And we, Ron and I called it. Uh, this is our go fast movies that every every actor has to go through at some point in their lives. <laughs> but but uh, he had made a deal with Roger that um, if he did that film, he would be able to start to direct one of his and get some one of his productions and get some you know some some ground under his feet directing before he started the real stuff. Sure. So that's how we wound up together. Isn't that interesting though? I mean, and wow, look at him now. I met his wife, Cheryl Mm -hmm. and Ron, when we were doing that film and uh, they were so kind to me. My dad also had passed away during the shoot. And um, it was a tough, thing to you know keep going fast when you're you know trying not to cry but it it you know that's what you do but still it was uh, a great way to get to know those two because they were high school sweethearts and they've been together they were hip by hip then back in gee that must have been 73 oh 75 it was when daddy died yeah Mm. And uh, so that's how he started his directing career. Yeah, that interesting. I always thought that was kind of like, okay, that's how Hollywood works. You know, <laughs> you give a little, you take a little, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, well, we'll uh, we'll get back to some of these other credits uh, a little bit maybe after we talk about uh, the subject of tonight's podcast or this podcast. Uh, you may not be hearing it 
tonight. I said tonight, but we're recording it in the evening. Uh, Going to be talking about Airport 75, which turns 50 this year. There were three big disaster films that came out at the tail end of that year. Of course, The Poseidon Adventure had come out in 1972, and it was a huge hit. And, of course, we know what Hollywood does yeah. when there's a hit. Let's uh, let's repeat that formula. Let's keep making them. <laughs> right. And so you were the first one. Your film was the first one out of the gate. There were three of them in the fall of 74. Yours was the first one, Airport 75, where you played the stewardess bet. And then coming after that was uh, Earthquake, just about a month later, uh, with Charlton mm-hmm. Heston, of course, Ava Gardner and Lauren Green. And then the big daddy, the, uh, the, the big... Big one, biggest one of them all, the Towering Inferno, of course, at the tail end of the year in December, I believe. And uh, I actually, wow. yeah, I remember I seeing. I didn't know that. I mean, I did obviously at some yeah. time, but yeah, I so, didn't realize they all came out that year. Yeah, within huh. a two-month span, which is pretty amazing. But anyway, we'll we'll go back and just uh, we'll talk about some of your other credits here before I let you go. But let's, uh, you know, let's go ahead and just get into it with Airport 75 and talk about how you wound up. Because you you had some credits under your belt at that point. You had, uh, obviously, Summer of 42, which was a a very memorable appearance. And then, you know, you'd been on the edge of night, uh, the soap. uh, And like I said, a couple other things, the Paul Lynn show, the Great American Beauty Contest. Oh, yeah. You had a few things. But I also had a theater background, too. Right. I was in Broadway until I left New York. So yeah, you, so yeah, you know. But as far as TV or film, I had not done that much. I hadn't even been in California, in Los Angeles yet. I was growing up in New York, and as soon as I graduated high school, I had already done Mr. and Mrs. Bojo Jones with Desi Arnaz. Yes, and that uh, was this my senior uh, year. So I finished that. Film, filming. I went back to New York. I realized that my parents had not started packing yet because we bought a home in L.A. And I was ready to move out there. I couldn't wait. I graduated. I was ready to move out. And nobody was ready. And I had to get back to L.A. because I was doing dubbing for Bojo Jones. Mm -hmm. And so I stayed up all night, three days in a row, packing everything up. We got in the car. My brother, who was seven at the time, and my dad and mom and me, and we drove out to L.A. just like pioneers. I <laughs> swear. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, um, I started working much more, you know, of course, but... Uh, I wasn't there until the end of, we didn't move there until the end of 71. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I went a little bit to college <laughs> in between um, and then uh, got that film. And so I auditioned for it, but, um, uh, oh dear, I said her name just popped, Karen Black. Yes. And I and Richard Thomas had done um, a play together called The Playroom. Mm-hmm. And I was the stepsister of Karen's that was kidnapped by these rich kids. And uh, she being Karen being one of them. And uh, Richard, a few other actors. And uh, 
So this was wonderful. I was 12 at the time when we did the play. And uh, she was, uh, Karen found out I was auditioning and she said, oh, you just got to <laughs> Of course, as Karen always bless her heart did for me. And uh, I, I got the part. And as I was, you know, it was just a stewardess. But because, let's see, Susan Clark yes. um, was trying to do two things at once. I don't remember if it was a series or finishing filming on the film or what it was, but I got to basically inherit her role. So I was in the film the entire shoot, and it was great. I got to meet all these well, Myrna, Myrna Lord was my favorite. I mean, <laughs> talk about a great broad. Oh, my God. Sid Caesar told a story about how Einstein wanted to talk to him. He'd written, um, Sid, a, a letter saying, I really would love to get together with you and talk about the nature, the science behind comedy. And what makes something funny to human beings and what doesn't? And Sid, of course, had a large ego. I think nobody would argue with that. And he just, of course, anyone would, you know, be just appalled and amazed and humiliated, all humbled by the whole thing of having uh, Einstein ask you a question, you know. <laughs> he would go on in wonderful stories he had. Uh, unfortunately, Einstein died before they ever got together. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I, he would sit on the side, of, you know, while we're waiting for a setup and mm -hmm. oh, just tell wonderful stories. It was such a wonderful life. Oh, Jerry Stiller and his, well, one of his sons and his daughter went to, uh, well, actually, they both went. It was no, he only had one son. So um, we all went to uh, high school together. Now, they were behind me. I would not miss that. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, so I knew Jerry from school. And it was great to see him. I hadn't seen him in a long time. And it was just a very, because it was so filled with marvelous old actors. It was an easy shoot. As long as it was, it was an easy shoot because everybody kind of acknowledged each other and kind of thought it was fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just a, a nice group of actors who said, heck, let's get one more check out of me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was wonderful. I mean, I didn't really talk to Gloria, but... Uh, uh, she was a pro. That's all I can say. You know, Gloria Swanson, man. I can, I think I was blessed to be in a born at the right time because I did get to work with so many wonderful old actors. Jesse Royce Landis played my grandmother both on Broadway and in Bojo Jones. Wow. <laughs> And yeah. she was Carrie Grant's mommy. 
you know, in uh, North by Northwest. So I figure I'm in great company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing cast. I mean, it really is. And there are a few of you who are still around, thank goodness. we Susan Clark's still with us, and uh, Linda Blair, yeah. obviously. And Nancy yeah. Olson is now in her 90s, but she's still with us. God bless her, as the saying goes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom uh, had, uh, well, knew her and her husband, who was at Broadway, um, well, composer. And uh, my mom was in the theater and a singer mostly, but she did Broadway as well. And uh, uh, so, you know, she always, I don't know, she always admired Nancy. I, I liked her as well, you know, but they were about the same age. Isn't that something? Wow. I didn't know she was still here. She is. My mama passed away uh, three years ago. But, wow, she's a little older than uh, Nancy, but oh, that's nice. I'm glad she's still alive. Yeah, she Talk just published, an, uh, I believe, an autobiography not too long ago. But, uh, did but she yeah, really? yeah, she did. It, it hasn't been too long. But, yeah, the other one, uh, Eric Estrada, of course, still with us. And uh, he, uh, <laughs> I was going to say that this was an early appearance for him. I think he had been on Kolchak the Night Stalker, and that's about the earliest thing that I can remember him being on besides this. So, uh, yeah. you, you were kind of, um, you know, acting alongside him as he was on his ascendancy of his television right before his television career uh, with yeah. chips and all that of course you guys uh trapper john and chips i think they both came uh to prominence around About the same, the same time. time so yeah yeah we were just at different studios but yeah that's right yeah we, it was it was uh, right around the same time and that connection is um randy oaks played that gorgeous gal who was also a motorcycle cop do you remember oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, she's gorgeous, blonde. Oof. <laughs> she, Randy, married Gregory Harrison, who was on Trapper John. Uh-huh. And they're still married, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Isn't that nice to hear some some people are still with us and some people are still married? I just love that. <laughs> I do, too. I like to hear a happy yeah. story. There's too much uh, sadness going on these days, isn't there? I like to hear oh. something something positive. Absolutely. Yeah, so there's... Right. But, uh, so, now, uh, the shoot of this film, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, because it was released in the uh, later part of 1974, so I'm thinking you guys right. probably shot it early 74. I'm thinking maybe around winter, uh, or like uh, spring or something like that. I'm not sure what the actual... It was probably spring. We went to Utah to film a lot of the exterior shots of Mm -hmm. the plane and so on. And um, it was pretty cold there. So it was probably late spring. Come to think of it, it was probably late spring. Um, And I just don't remember, huh? But I might. Well, it has been 50 years. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. It's been a while. I find it a sieve. Just a few years. But, uh, but yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, generally that's, I know that it takes a little time to, you know, get it all assembled and all that. So it's usually a couple of months. And I was just assuming that it was probably because 
if they'd shot it around summertime, that would have been a quick turnaround because I think it was already in theaters by October of that year. So it was. Uh, yes, right. It was, and and there was a quick turnaround, though. I must say that because mm-hmm. uh, it was only about three months in between. Now, and so they must have been editing while we were shooting. Probably, yeah. That's that that's that's makes total sense. Yes. Yeah. Well, I do have to ask about you know some of my uh, favorite actors here that were in it. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. like Norman Fell is one that I can't I can't uh, not uh, mention Norman Fell because he's I don't know if you had any interactions with him, but just mm-hmm. uh, what a wonderful presence he always was in so many films over the years, and I just had oh, to ask God. about him. <laughs> great, great actor, actually. Really uh-huh. good actor, as, as some really great comedians are, you know. Mm-hmm. They're right on that edge of sadness. <laughs> and um, yes. he, he just, I thought, was a marvelous actor. Uh, but he was a kind of uh, a quiet guy. Uh-huh. And... Uh, not that he wasn't jovial when we were all gabbing together, and the three of them, and Conrad Bain, who I worked with years ago, also. Yeah. Um, the three of them just had a nice time, but they actually kind of hung together. You know? <laughs> <laughs> As you did. would expect, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And so they just, but they were kind of uh, aloof, not a cool aloof, just. They never seem to be part of the group. Uh-huh. I don't know if they were playing liar's poker or what they were doing, but they were, <laughs> they were doing something bad, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> they all had a little drink in them, you know? <laughs> anyway, it was... Uh, okay, Norman, I, I really didn't talk to him much. He was just a nice... Uh-huh. He, you know, his uh, his comedy persona, you know, that kind of hang dog kind of look and stuff that's what he was yeah yeah he just he had a wonderful presence on screen and it just so many great uh films of my you know just formative years that he turns up in and it's uh yeah i can't i said i can't i can't let this moment go by without asking <laughs> about norman phil so and there's so many others here larry storch obviously is is there we just lost mm-hmm. him a couple of years ago unfortunately yeah um, and um um, Roy well, Finnis. George Kennedy. George Kennedy. Yes, I was going to ask about him. Yes. Mm-hmm. George is the nicest human being. Barnum. My husband was nicer, but you know, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> other course. than that, he and his wife like adopted me. It was there were such kind people, and this was. Maybe later. It was later when they adopted uh, their grandchild. Mm. And, uh, you know, they were kids. And, boy, they just <laughs> loved that baby and took care of him and, of course, you know, brought him up. But uh, anyway, I also did. Oh, I worked with George a lot. I worked with him on um, on a European uh, love boat. Yes. I've worked with him on uh, Police Story. That was a great 
heavy, serious. Uh, it was true crimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Remember that show? You, it was way before your. Oh no, I was, I was, uh, I was around. I remember it. I'm, I'm not quite that young. Well, <laughs> I now, wish. Parents let you stay up that late. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but um, oh God, yeah. And uh, anyway, he's just as he plays tough guys, but that's just because he's a teddy bear. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, right. You know. Um, and then Charlton and Heston, Larry obviously. George. Oh, what I'm sorry. Larry Storch is Larry Storch. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get out of his own way if he tried. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. He made it to 100, oh, though. And, Good for him. Huh? I said, yeah, he was 100 when he passed. So he, was he? Yes. Unbelievable. You know, and I believe that. He just was. Um, you could you could tell that he used to be hyper all the time because mm-hmm. every once in a while it would come out, you know? <laughs> and you go, ah! you know, and <laughs> then you'd almost hope he'd leave the room soon because you were getting exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I take that back. He was ninety nine. He was almost a hundred. I, I missed that by a year, but yeah, he was close. <laughs> he was he close. Was heavy. You know, good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could all, uh, we we all should be so lucky. Yep. We all, I think, yeah. <laughs> so yes. So Charlton Heston and uh, Helen Reddy, even of course, making her acting debut here, and of course, she was obviously a very successful pop music artist oh, around yeah. the time. Had had several number one records under her belt. And, oh yeah. Yeah. So she's and, the singing nun. And, and, <laughs> the singing nun. Actually, I really did love yes. the uh, sister the airport. <laughs> yeah. You know, airport that was the comedy of all of you know the airport films. Yes, airplane and uh, <laughs> or airplane. Yeah, sorry, airplane and uh, the parody of Linda and Helen. <laughs> yes, it's great. <laughs> Just hysterical. Now, Linda hadn't done the exorcist yet oh wow i don't believe she oh no she must have yeah i think it was right after yeah because uh, it was right after yeah that's what i was gonna say because it was released at the tail end of 73 and this was early 74 when you guys were um shooting this i think so yeah she was probably um right in the thick of all that publicity that was going on uh you know in the in the um in the months preceding the release of The Exorcist, I would assume. Right. Oh, probably, my goodness. Yeah, she yeah. had a lot going on there, probably. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. And, uh, and of course, Charlton Heston, we have to talk about him uh, because he was the uh, the lead, as it were. And, um, uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm curious about working with him as well. <laughs> uh, well, um, I... I, I, uh... <laughs> You're trying to be charitable, I, I take it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was always taught. <laughs> yes, if you yes, can't say anything bad. Yeah. Well, that's not true. I mean, sure. he, was, he was a fine actor and a good man. I just, uh, uh, he, he was a bit full of himself, okay? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, you know, but he he just was, you know. I was one of the early, and he wasn't on the set the whole time. He would just come on for his scenes and leave. Yes. He'd be gone. Uh, so was Helen. Helen wasn't around, and neither was Linda. It's funny, because probably their scenes were so separate. Yes, they were. That's they true. really didn't have to be a part of everything. They had to be a part of of the ship. I mean, the plane itself. But you wouldn't necessarily see Linda. She was like that, you know, all of that stuff. So uh, they really kind of came, did their thing, and, and didn't come back. So they had to be seen again, and so on. And Chuck was very much, I'm sorry, uh, Charlton was very much like that. Um, yeah. But he was very busy at the time, too. I mean, my God, he was turning them out at that point in his life. And uh, Yeah, Earthquake at the same time, almost, I think he was shooting. Yeah, which, exactly. Uh, yeah. In studio and everything, yeah. And, um, and he'd been in Airplane previous with Karen Black. The first one, airport, just airport, I think it is, the first one. And then we were airport 75, that's right. And that's right, it's 75. Hmm. Yeah, even though it was released in 74, a lot of people say that it was released in 74, but it's. I said, yeah, they yeah. were, you know, it was at the tail end of the year, so it was almost 75, it's close enough. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was a Christmas movie, everybody, you know. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, uh, Chuck was is strong when he needs to be strong, and he's he was tall and as tall as he looked in films, he was as broad shoulders as he looked in films. He was just a towering, beautiful guy, you know, as far as that's concerned. But um, uh, I can't really say much about him. I I really. The only time I really had any personal interaction was uh, when I went up and introduced myself. And and he just said, how do you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was our frosty hello. <laughs> but... Um, uh, but he was always there, very professional, very mm -hmm. good. You know, I mean, uh, he's just, he was probably very, very distracted. My God, I can't imagine working like that, doing two films at the same time almost, you know. Yeah, and big ones. Yeah, yeah. Earthquake, of course, you know, was a major production for for the same studio, Universal. So it was. Uh, and yeah. I think I think you yeah. guys had the same uh, director of photography, Phil uh, Lathrop. I think uh, shot both Phil, of those. Yeah. Phil Lathrop. Yeah, and he was such a great guy too. Oh man, he was a terrific man. He was uh, um, so calm. So uh -huh. was a director. For that matter, and, and and just knew how to take this huge studio set full of egos <laughs> and kind of, you know, gently, quietly say, "Okay, this is the scene we're going to do now," and and Philip would just—he was just gentle. 
uh, and and I love that about cinematographers, you know, who really have a a control of what they what they envision with their director. Yeah, I I, I mean, you got to make friends. I've learned this. You got to make friends with the makeup and hair people. Got to make friends with uh, the dresser because you rely on your dresser often. And you've got to make friends with your cinematographer because he's got your face in his hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? Oh, yes. And, um, boy, uh, I, they're, they're a special breed, I think. I, I just do. I, they're usually rather uh, subdued and, uh, uh, I, I, the, the fine ones that I've worked with are just wonderful. The, the gentleman on, oh, God, on Trapper John was about 90. <laughs> and our last year, I think he was 91. <laughs> Bless his heart. He worked so hard every day, and he was there. Man, he was there, but he knew. And he, he had a real crush on me, I think. I had a crush on him, too. He was so <laughs> sweet. And, and uh, his wife would uh, come and pick him up after the day, and uh, or he'd have a driver. And um, he photographed me beautifully. What more can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what ultimately it's all about. <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the famous line from... Uh, uh, Fred uh, McMurray, the same. My three sons, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Fred McMurray, and um, there's—I don't know if it's true or not—but there's an old story. He was doing uh, oh, uh, uh, what's the insurance where he and uh, oh, double indemnity was, maybe uh, or double yeah, double indemnity. Yes, and um, Barbara Stray, uh, Stanwyck, uh, never went to see the dailies, you know, mm -hmm. the, the film of the day before. She never went to see him, but he did every day. And uh, so when they got back to the set, she asked him, so, Fred, how, is the, uh, how are the dailies today? He said, I don't know about you, but I look great. <laughs> <laughs> That's and good. So often, you know, you see, you, you, actors are allowed to go see the dailies unless there's, you know, a, a strict rule or something about it. But usually, you can anybody can go see the dailies. Uh, and uh, Fred apparently went religiously, and. Uh, it's so true, though, because even if it's apocryphal, it's just true because any actor can't see their acting. They can only see what they look like, you know? It's just funny that way, but it's true. And uh, we're our worst critics or biggest fans. This is true, very, very much so. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, we can we can all, always uh, spot things in, in ourselves that other people just overlook. So I think we're the, probably the worst critics. That's that's one of the 
the uh, yeah. the the the, uh, the the bad thing the the things that we all are um, guilty of, I guess. I was I just just out of curiosity. I was looking at the to see if I could get the name of that cinematographer. Was it Frederick Gately by any chance? Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you're good. Oh, Adam. <laughs> I got the name. Love him forever. <laughs> yeah, he he, uh, he died in 1988. He he was yeah up, yeah he was born in 1909. So yeah, uh, you were you were right. He was. Uh, getting way up in age when he was doing but still did it but you know but as i'm getting older i don't think that's so old anymore but <laughs> no. yeah it's getting closer and closer isn't it? <laughs> this is true well i was just going to ask you though about some of the challenges you may maybe had uh making airport 75 i mean was it a calm shoot or were there some problems in uh uh when you were um uh, you know, were there any real challenges that were kind of stressful or was it, you know, just kind of, you know, a well, normal shoot? Or... Not really. It was a very calm set. I will say that. Maybe they made sure it was because mm -hmm. of all the actors on there. And it was like herding cats often, I'm sure. But uh, I didn't really have any stressful time. It was exciting, uh -huh. um, but uh, I don't even remember the only stressful time I had was after the shoot and the producers wanted me to be in a uniform, my uniform from the film, mm -hmm. to go to the premiere. That was stressful. Uh, because I didn't want to do it. <laughs> right, <laughs> sure. Know? I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. it's going to look kind of odd if you're just, uh, you know, parading around in a stewardess uniform. <laughs> <It's>... Yeah. <And laughs> I get it. I'm not excited about that. And they were rather, so that was a big, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, but thank God the film was already cut. They couldn't threaten me too much. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, and this but, was in the um, days before you could be digitally replaced, so uh, they didn't have a lot of choice. So it's true. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, I, I was just curious, and, and I will say this is too. This is also one of the later credits for uh, Edith Head as the costume designer. She was mm -hmm. legendary, of course, and so you you had that going on. We were talking about that earlier, and I I kind of glossed over that. I was like, oh yeah, let's make mention of Edith Head being the costume designer on this film as well, and she was. A legend, to say the least. Do you see how lucky I am, Adam? Do you see how lucky I am? I you met were. Her. And she, um, because I was cast a little early mm -hmm. in the, the getting ready for the film, um, I I was kind of the model for the uniforms, and she was trying to make everything look, you know, it was, Oh gee, we're in the seventies. We're hip. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, but she wanted us also to uh, look very in control because it was a disaster film, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got to work with her. It was great. <laughs> I mean, I was just thrilled that she would come and, or I would go to her office and she'd uh, but either way she'd come there or something. she is still diligent amazing woman another one 
working. I don't know how old she was, but she was old. Oh, yeah. When she was making movies in the 50s. Yeah. Wasn't she? I th- she was born in 1897, so by the time she was uh, working on that film, she was, uh, yeah, she was well into her 70s by that time. So, yeah, she was, yeah. And, and her- you would never know it. She was always dressed just like you could imagine her, all her pictures and everything. Her hair was done, manicure. Yeah, it's... Perfectly uh, and, she- and dressed. Mm-hmm. Every single time I saw her on a Monday morning or a Friday evening, you know, it was <laughs> impeccable, just amazing, and uh, you know, it's such a privilege to work with her and to actually work with her. You know, that was the fun part for me. So, um, but yeah, that was before the filming, and uh, that was just. She was so detail-oriented. And the uniforms, I have to say, of all the stuff I've done, were were comfortable. I mean, they were uniforms, but they were structured in such a way, which she would do. She would structure clothes inside. So they would look a certain way outside. Oh, amazing woman. Just great. And so inspired. You know, um, and and she would be very specific with her her team. You know, the the gals that were on their knees, pinning their nails, their fingers together. But uh, uh, yep, no, that hem is too long. It's too short. But that uh, let's work that. What about under the arm? You know, I mean, all of that. And I sat through almost four months of it, and I didn't mind at all, really. I mean, they were just, they were uniforms, but they were comfortable uniforms because they were made for you. Uh, Yeah, and and see, this is a part of uh, film production that not a lot of people talk about. This is interesting to me because people don't realize that you just don't walk on a movie set and everything is ready to go. I mean, there's months of preparation, and you have to go in for costume fittings months before the film is is actually shot. Oh, and absolutely. so people don't realize that. You know, that's that's an aspect of all of this that's uh, definitely worth talking about. I think. Yeah, and whether or not to wear a hat. Oh, yes. that was even does. You know, I mean, it's got, to, and you've got to have a certain vision for what's going to photograph. Uh, well, and what isn't, what's going to be flattering on the other stewardesses as well, because she didn't know if they were going to be, you know, they probably they were all going to look basically like I did, but you know, Mm -hmm. she kind of that, and I was a good base to start from, but um, that that and not only creating the costumes on the bodies. Because the actors have to feel comfortable in their clothes, too. You know, you can't be pulling and stretching and getting unhappy in your clothes and so on uh, and distracted by them. But also, uh, they, they, every, you have to go in then, if you were probably a main character and film it on television, there are just costume uh, tests. There are makeup tests, there are hair tests, even. Oh, 
and and that all is part of the prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're when you're in the beginning of a film, a major film. Oh, actually, any film is going to do that because they don't want any surprises once they start. That's when it gets expensive, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's uh, that yeah, that's something that's just not talked about enough. And uh, and I do have to mention this as trivia that uh, Edith Head's first credit as a costume designer was in 1928. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so that's how long she had been in the business uh almost uh wow. close to 50 years when you were working with her. So that and she still had another I think eight years to go after, because uh, she was working right up until that Steve Martin film, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. That was her last credit, and she <laughs> did. Did she do that? One? She did. That's an that's some amazing work too, because you know that that they they cut in uh, Steve Martin with those clips from those uh, noir. Yeah. You know, it's a Carl right, Reiner right. film, but it's amazing how she matches yeah. up Steve Martin and uh, the rest of the cast with those clips from the 40s you know it's really a pretty spectacular job of costume design that she did in her final credit you know unbelievable look at that well you know a lot of actors people in the business and as as my husband used to say well i refer to the business as uh Lending people money. <laughs> yes. so I refer to the business as show business. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we all, I think, really play acting and even makeup artists, directors, even, uh, I think, uh, well, the best boys and stuff, in a way. Working around that kind of show business keeps you a little young. Now, it can wear you out, too, but it can keep you awfully young because, well, certainly as actors, but also all of those support people are being creative as well. And being creative, I think, is, well, it's being a kid. Yes. Now, that's is about, gee, being young, keeping your mind working, thinking, and and playing. Now, what? how tough is that to do? <laughs> and you're getting paid to do it. Yeah, that's right. Getting paid to play. That's true. And you get paid to play. You know, as uh, Olivier said, cowboys and Indians, cowboys and Indians. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. He said that to Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> and Dustin was just dying working with him. He said, Don't you want to run some lines? <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys and Indians. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Well, you know, you have such an interesting resume. I mean, I, I could go on all night with some of the people that you've worked with outside of Airport 75, like uh, Paul Lind. Uh, I'm sure that was... Paul uh, was a good friend of mine. Well, very interesting. I didn't know you guys were that close. I knew you were on the Paul Lind show, but I didn't know you had a friendship well, with him. Well, we met there, you know, and the, sure. he was... Oh, I loved him. I loved him dearly. He was a sad man. Mm. But 
I loved him dearly. <laughs> I'm sure he was a hoot. I can imagine on camera and off. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was a troubled guy though. Yes, you know? yes, he definitely was. And um, oh, tore my heart out. But uh, yeah. but he was a love. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> like mean characters at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Well, the other show I have to ask you about, just out of curiosity, because I, I I did grow up watching this one, The Secrets of Isis, and it only ran for one, maybe two seasons, but Joanna Cameron, we just lost her a couple of years ago, uh, who oh, played Isis. We? Yeah, she had unfortunately passed from a stroke, I think, uh, two years ago. Oh. And, uh, but yeah, I this was a show that uh, was one of my um, uh, favorites uh, as uh, growing up in... Uh, you know, another actor that appeared in Summer 42, same film you did, uh, Lou Frizzell, he appeared in this uh, show as well. So there is a con connection oh, of Summer no. 42. Yeah, yeah, you guys both were in... Uh, but uh, what was... The, I mean, I'm sure this show was shot pretty quickly because it yeah. was a filmation thing and they had low budgets. But I, I was just curious just really quickly about Secrets of Isis, uh, just, just for my own curiosity. <laughs> oh... Adam, I hate to uh, let you down, but... If you don't know, you don't know. It's fine. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I remember doing it. Uh-huh. I don't even remember what year it was. Let's see. It must have been early when I moved out. So 75. Probably. I think the year after Airport 75. Yeah, that's the thing. I heard Leonard Moulton say this one time. He said, you know, when you're interviewing actors... He said, you know, it may be something that made an impression on you, but then you've got to remember it was just a moment from their life. It, it, yeah. it, you've got to remember that it didn't, it may not have resonated with them the way it resonated with you. And he said it took him a long time to uh, figure that out, that things that meant so much to him, to the people he, were, he was talking to, it was like, well, that was a job and I just went to the next job and I don't really remember it the way you do. <laughs> so I get it if you don't remember it, it's fine. Um, but you know what? I look back sometimes. Oh, um, my mother passed away uh, recently, a few years ago, and mm -hmm. so I had been. She was a pack rat, I'm afraid, an organized one, but a pack rat. And so I've been going through stuff. I saw, let's see, a 1953 tax return that was two <laughs> pages long. Two pages. Ah, oh, the good old days. Yes. Anyway, amazing. Um, let's see. And I looked at. I, I came across some of our, some of mine, and some of my dad's. Um, you know, daily diary things. What you're going to do that day, and so. And they were books, and I was going through some of mine. I had growing up. I was working all the time. I was either auditioning or don't, going to class, acting, dancing. Uh, I practiced with my dad, who was a Broadway conductor. So I didn't go see a vocalist until I couldn't stand him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, I was working all the time. And so when you do something like that, you don't. If you remember something, I mean, I remember shooting it. I just don't remember like when or where in my life I was. 
Sure. Yeah. And that's understandable. And, I mean, you know, it's. Um, yeah. Well, um, I, anyway, reading that book, I was so impressed with myself. I just, you know, I just <laughs> sit down and go, wow, good girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But of course, that was also in New York when I was working like crazy, you know, either doing Broadway shows or I did two soaps there. I did the doctors mm-hmm. and then, um, was it the doctors? I was, no. Santa Barbara. Was, you were on for a while, I think. Oh, Santa Barbara was a whole wonderful experience. But the other one, let's see, it wasn't, maybe it was, it was a live soap still back then. Oh, it must have been. And um, I was working with um, Scott Glenn. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, he was my quote unquote naughty boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I got to kiss him. I was. Uh, 15, I think, at the time. Yeah, must have been. Uh, And, oh, my God, it was just wonderful. (laughs) The first time he kissed me, I totally went up. Had no idea what I was going to say. I was supposed to say. And and I looked back over my shoulder like I was swooning or something. And my uh, guy with the prompter, was off looking at the next sentence. <laughs> and so I had no idea they went to a, they didn't go to a commercial. That's what freaked me out. But he, Scott was great. And he kind of <laughs> helped me a little bit. But <laughs> oh, that was a real highlight for me, though. I just about, I had such a crush on him. Oh, my God. Well, and of course, that was before he, Became so famous as well, yeah. Oh yes, Man. and still, still going at it, still going at it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. um, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to uh, take up too much more of your time. You've been so gracious already to uh, regale oh, us God. with these uh, great memories <laughs> of things you've done, and and we could just briefly, I mean, you know, we can uh, have you back on again, obviously, at some point in the future to talk about some of these other credits because I would certainly be interested in hearing about them um but we can uh you know we can briefly just tell people you know because i know you left the business in the late 90s and what you've been doing with your life since then uh before we sign off i think people would be interested in hearing about that yeah well um i'm happily retired i started when i was three (laughs) and i well some people get gold watches. I'm just happy to just not have to audition anymore. <laughs> I really just kind of had burned out at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was time to change my life a little bit. And I I just kind of had some freedom to myself. I I sold houses. I had been in my first marriage. We moved every three years. So I kind of knew the real estate market at that point. And uh, I decided I should make some money out of my knowledge. And I did. I had a fun time doing that. And you got to act yourself as a as a realtor. <laughs> I was a cobo banker, had a blast, uh-huh. made some nice money, left when the market went south. And that was a good 
good timing there. And uh, let's see, I, I, I unfortunately played a nurse a lot. <laughs> yes, you Sadly. did. Um, to my mom and then to my husband. Oh, but, well, not uh, in tele not on television in real life. Yes, I yeah. I, I, yeah. See I thought I I'm, thought you were referring to Trapper John, but I see yes, yes, absolutely. No, I actually got to be one in real life. You yes. know how they say, "I'm a doctor, or I'm a nurse." You know. Yes. On TV. Well, I got to be one in real life too. But uh, anyway, that was a. I was happy. I got to be there. And uh, I didn't feel like it was a waste of my time at all. It was a wonderful thing. My mom got to stay in her home, and I took care of her and uh, my husband as well. And uh, we both loved her a lot. She she was a special lady, and she died at 94. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so she had a good long life. And... Um, and then I got a little sick. Uh-huh. <laughs> I uh, had a transplant of my liver and brand new kidney, uh, which pops out of my tummy. You know, they leave those kidneys in there. They've got to find some place to put them. So mm-hmm. they put them in my tummy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it still sticks out a little bit. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I recovered beautifully. I'm a wonder child and uh, very happy, very happy. I would have, my husband passed away recently and I'm I'm missing him big time. But I, uh, I've got so much to be thankful for. And thank you for helping me walk through this uh, memory lane. What fun, what fun. Wow. Well, the pleasure's been all mine. I I can tell you that. I I, I just you know I you had a, a you you your career was you know at a time when uh, to me it was the best the uh, the golden years of the business in my opinion. Uh, so you know oh, you, yeah. you were there on the on the front lines of some of the the best years, and uh, so I, it was an excellent. I really do. Yeah, live TV for goodness sakes. Yes. How many people can say that? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and yeah. we did. We didn't even get to touch on Summer '42. For anybody listening, uh, I did a 50th anniversary reunion of the cast of Summer '42, and we tried to have you on. We had a a link yeah. that just wouldn't work uh, to our <laughs> Zoom call, and I was so busy juggling so many balls with all the other cast members oh, who were course. on, and I just couldn't get. The, I didn't have time to get to, to try to get the link to work, and and we just didn't. You weren't able to make it, and I. I, I was eternally uh, uh, sorry for that <laughs> faux pas on my end. I felt like it was my on oh, my no. end, and uh, but we just didn't get oh, you no, on. No, but no. Uh, but we can we can talk about the summer forty two at some time later on if you're uh, oh, okay. uh, if if you're willing to come back. That is. <laughs> oh, of course. I enjoyed it, Adam. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, and there, and I'm sure there are plenty of people who will in, uh, remember you fondly uh, from your career, and will enjoy hearing about what uh, what you're up to and what it was like working back in those days. So we thank you. <laughs> Poor Karen. She looked cross-eyed the entire film. Oh, really? Oh, God. We 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 went to. Um, 
a screening of before it was public. Uh huh. No, it was still on the studio, and uh, we all kind of gasped. Really? <laughs> Close up of her. Oh my God! Oh, it was terrible. And poor Kim. Well, she's got her eyes are were very close together. Yes, they were. And um, uh, the angle, you see, this is why you have to make friends with a cinematographer. The angle just wasn't right. And she looked. Here she is trying to save the plane. <laughs> she's, oh, my God, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the cross-eyed stewardess is trying to land the plane. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's oh man. Uh, never oh, thought of it that I way. Love but... 